Welcome to Fun Conversations with Hot Cedars podcast. If you like listening to Abraham Hicks videos on YouTube, you'll enjoy knowing what happened with the Hot Cedars and discover what is their perspective now. Be part of these high-frequency conversations that will help you master the art of allowing and create the life of your dreams. And now, here's your host, Genevieve Young. Hello, hello everyone, and welcome to this fun conversation with Hot Seaters. Today, we're going to be talking about a new topic. So we're talking about the receiving mode. And my first guest on that topic is Caroline Neal. Let me introduce Caroline. Hello, beautiful Caroline. Thank you so much for the invitation to be here. Such a pleasure. So I want people to know that we know each other a little bit. We've uh, met uh, in, um, I think, two seminars. And um, I'm so happy to have this conversation with you because I really think you're a master (laughs) into the receiving mode. So let's first, first, yeah. I would love you to define, like, what is the receiving mode for you? Mm, What a yummy question. Uh, Mm. So I will receive that question and see what comes. Uh, For me, the receiving mode is about being in a good feeling place without an expectation of something specific but with a broad expectation that some kind of gift is going to arrive. Wow. I love that. Some kind Mm. of gift. Yeah. What a nice, yeah. What a nice definition. So how many times have have you been in the hot seat, Caroline? Two. 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 Good. (laughs) And uh, do you remember how you discovered Abraham Hicks? I do, because I've been watching these wonderful conversations with the four who yeah. came before me. And I knew this question and was coming, so I started thinking. <laughs> um, I actually, during a rough moment of my life, when I was trying to understand my divorce, I saw the movie The Secret, but I saw the version of The Secret when Esther was still in it. Because the, mm. the version that came out commercially didn't contain her for some different reasons, but I saw the version with Esther and therefore Abraham in The Secret. And as I watched it, I saw, you know, all these amazing, wonderful teachers sharing about the law of attraction. But every time Esther and Abraham would come on screen, I was like, oh, (laughs) because I felt like everybody else was talking about something they'd learned. And Esther and Abraham were just talking about something they knew. And I was like, who is this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so, boom, I went straight in and then found them on mm. YouTube. And then a couple of months later, did my first retreat with them. Interesting. Okay. So and you're will, a movie. Oh, yes, yes. Go I, ahead. I was just going to throw in that it was perfect for me at that moment because the mm. teachings about creating your own reality helped me so much to understand how I had co-created the relationship, which was now, which was at that time ending in divorce. And it allowed Mm. me to get out of a victim role Mm. and really take ownership for how I had co-created that entire journey. Yeah. Mm. 
Exactly. That really That's what I love. Yeah. Very freeing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Of course it is. As soon as we know we're, you know, the creators of our own reality, we feel free and empowered also. So, yeah. So yes. you're a filmmaker. You're a, a writer. And um, I think in both of your hot seats, you did speak about the receiving mode. So there's a segment that I would like us to start with. And then I will ask you a few questions on that segment. You're ready? Okay. Mm. Let's go. <laughs> Hi. I want to tell a story about turning thoughts to things and also the way that I experienced the thought being a manifestation already. A while ago, maybe even a year ago, I had an idea to write a comedy, a romantic comedy set. I live in Buenos Aires, so set in Argentina and India, where I have a strong connection. And I just told people that much. I have a romantic comedy, Argentina and India. I only told one person the actual story, my film producer. And months have gone by, months have gone by. I keep telling people I have this idea, but I wasn't ready to write it or work or move any further, so I never tried. One morning I was exercising and listening to you, and I got the feeling, ah, it would be nice to begin to play with that idea. I would like a gentle nudge, I ask the universe and you, to move forward, so it would be fun to sit down. So that night, I went to the film class that I teach with the producer, we co-teach, and she said, you're not going to believe what happened today. They had called her from the Indian Film Commission as the only representative. They had come to Argentina to talk to her. Someone from the embassy, she wasn't even clear who it was, someone representing 20 production companies in India because they're looking for a movie to shoot that's set in Argentina and India. <laughs> and they went to her, and she's the only person on the planet that knew my story. And she pitched it, and they loved it. And she said, so now you just have to write it. <laughs> so, instead of getting scared, I actually just sat down with the intention to receive. Yeah. And the scenes came and came and came, and it was delightful and beautiful and wonderful, and it's yeah. a great film. Yeah. I love that. Instead of getting scared, I just decided to sit down with the intention to receive. So yes. tell us about that. Like, I want to know more, you know? <laughs> oh, it's so such a good... Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, what, what were you saying? I was going to ask, like, when you sit down with that intention, what is happening within yourself? What are, what are you doing? Yeah, well, I love answering that question right now because I'm writing a book. And so every single day I'm sitting down with the intention to receive. So I've been thinking a lot about it lately. And I will say that before I sit down, I get into alignment because the receiving mode for me I love being in the receiving mode and, and it's quicker for me to get into it because I know how good it's going to feel. So that's part of what helps me now get into alignment. But as I built my practice over time, you know, I would do things like exercise and listen to a YouTube recording of a hot seater with Abraham, or I would meditate, or I do a lot of journaling. 
if I wake up and there's something bothering me, I'll journal about it. Um, I have a lot of techniques that I use to shift things toward a more soothed or even joyful place before I sit down. So I want to say that that's part of it. You know, the getting to the chair is part of it. Because we hear you in the recording, you say, I, as soon as I decided to play with that idea. Yeah. So I, mean, I got chills when you said it. Fun. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> it is. And so then when I sit down, as I'm writing this book right now, you know, I sit down in front of the computer and I light a candle because I find that rituals are easy ways in for me to mark a particular moment. So if I'm going to be in the receiving mode and I want to receive creatively, I light a candle right now. That's what I, I used to make a cup of tea, but I would always forget the tea in the microwave. And then like three hours later, I'd come back and there'd be like a cold <laughs> cup of tea in the microwave. So now I light a candle. And then I just sit and I sit with gratitude for the fact that I'm in the chair and I open up to hear what's a good way to move forward. Because I feel like all I need is the first step. So I I don't have to know what the whole book is or the whole movie is. I just have to feel into what's a fun first line. And sometimes, and I will tell you, a couple of chapters in the book that I'm writing right now, I would start off in a way and I would go and go and I would think it was important. And then when I stepped away from the writing, I could feel that it wasn't enough fun. It was that there was something out of alignment about the way that I was writing, which was making it heavy. And so then I'm like, oh, okay. So then I ask a question, what what would be a more fun way to start? Mm. I think in one of these two hot seats, Abraham says to me, you know, what would be fun should be a mantra for me. And I, I use that mantra. Are you still there? Can you hear me? I'm sorry, I didn't get I didn't get that last part. Can you just repeat what Abraham told you in the hut? Yeah, that one that the line like what would uh-huh. be fun for me or what would be fun for me now can be like a mantra for me. <laughs> and and I use that mantra, you know, what would be fun now? Yeah. Yeah. And I and, yeah. and another another I'm piece sure of it's it, all about fun. Yeah. Another piece of it mm-hmm. that I think is really great is that I don't try to control what's coming. (laughs) And I had a conversation with someone on on a Zoom call once, and I said, oh, you know, I'm so sorry, but I've ordered some things that are going to be delivered to the house, and it might interrupt our our call. And she was so aligned, and she said, oh, you know that the, the things you want are coming to your house, but you can't control the delivery of the gifts. (laughs) And I was like, Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can't control the delivery yeah, of the gifts. Very- I don't control the delivery yeah. of the gifts. And so yeah. in the receiving mode, it's the same way. I know that the things that I want are coming to me. I have confidence mm. about that now. Yeah. But I and that knowing, I think, is very important. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Good. So what happened with that movie? Did you write the movie? Did did. It- Well, I wrote the treatment for it. And then if people want to listen to the rest of that uh, hot seat later, maybe we can put it in a link. And and so then something else happened with that producer, which was also interesting. 
a little bit more time went by and I still wasn't writing that particular movie down. And so I asked myself what my resistance was because I also find that this is useful, very useful to me in my receiving mode. That if I find that I'm resisting or something's not manifesting, I ask myself what my resistance is. And once I have mm. clarity, then I've got a place to move. And I realized that I wasn't writing it because I wasn't sure I was ready to direct it because I've been directing documentary for years and not fiction. And I thought, well, what do people do to get in shape to direct fiction? They either direct a short film or they direct somebody else's film. And I thought, I don't want to make a short film because of the money and I don't have an idea. So I, I would like to direct someone else's film. That would be fun. And the next day, yeah. <laughs> uh, I was painting screens with a friend of mine and in a very good mood. And I got a message from someone who said, I love your documentaries and I have a fiction script and I think I'd like you to direct it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, oh, that's beautiful. Okay. So let's listen to the uh, second part, which is from the same hot seat towards the end, but I think it's a good wrap up of everything that Abraham was uh, telling you in the hot seat. Yes. And we'll be back yes. for questions. All right. We know that you got that to a large degree and now we're going to give you something that's really going to help you get it all the way and that is you know how fortunate you are that you are able to relax and let a stream of thought flow and create a movie that will be on the screen your thoughts will turn to things and life is exactly the same way you can write, you can all write your movie. You all have a producer called Law of Attraction. And you all have endless funding called the energy that creates worlds. And you all have everything that is necessary to bring the cooperative components together. In other words, you have a staff, you have a team of non-physicals and currents and laws that are helping you turn your ideas about a movie into a full-fledged movie you create your own reality whether it's on the screen or whether it's something that comes into your life experience so knowing that that's why there was such power in what you wrote and so you know how in a movie the scene will change and then you can write it again Esther plays a game with her grandchildren and it's something that she learned when she was very, very young and she tells a story. Yeah, I jumped out of an airplane and the other person says, oh, that is so good. Or I fell out of an airplane. Oh, that's bad. Well, it's all right because I had a parachute. Oh, that's good. Well, no, it's not really good because the parachute did not open. Oh, that's bad. No, it's all right because there was a haystack down below me. <laughs> Oh, that's very good. No, that's bad because there was a pitchfork in it. Oh, that's bad. No, it's all right because I missed the pitchfork. Oh, that's good. No, it's bad because I missed the haystack too. And so since Esther told this story to the children, now they want to play that game all the time. And so one of them will start a story. Oh, that's good. No, that's bad. No, that's good. No, that's bad. And they're all sort of practicing film writing, aren't they? So Esther was watching a television series that she likes to watch and something happened and she said, oh, that's good. And then there was a plot twist immediately. She says, 
oh that's bad and then it changed she says oh that's good and she began to laugh because this thing went good bad good bad good bad good bad good bad through the whole thing and Esther's laughing because that's sort of the way the movie makers keep you engaged is they give you a problem to which they help you find a solution and then you feel better and but it is sort of the way that the resistance helps you to continue to create and ask for more too and so as long as you know that no matter what's happening you can write a oh that's good scene right after it then you can keep yourself happily engaged and moving along and knowing that you do ultimately have complete creative control over what happens not only with your movie is but with life Oh my my yeah. <laughs> so good, so good, so good. Oh, so we just need to know that we have complete control <laughs> of writing those oh that's good or oh that's bad scene and that if something happen is happening that we think is bad, all we need to do is go into that alignment receiving mode and write a oh that's good scene is that yes. is that what abraham is saying yes i think so and i also think it helps me a lot if i if i'm in a scene that i think is not good because i play the game a lot if this is my movie and it is my movie why am i in this scene I'll just ask myself that non-judgmentally, you know, why would I have manifested an attraction to this person who's not attracted to me, for example, or why would I, whatever it is that didn't go exactly the way I wanted. I can ask if this is my movie and it is my movie, why would I have written this scene? And there's usually some wisdom right in there that gives birth mm -hmm. to a cleaner desire or something more exciting or something for me to harvest from that moment. I love asking that question. I use it a lot. Yeah. And, the, and don't you the, think that, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say the other thing that I love is that in a film, in a fiction film, and, and now also in documentary, conflict is really the motor of the film. It's the motor of the story. Like if a movie starts and everything is really good and really happy between all the characters, you would watch it for about 10 minutes, but then the storytelling gene in our bodies, which we've carried since the days we were cave people around a fire, wants the conflict, you know, then what happened? And so I often find that the conflict of my own life, if I can really take a step back and look at it non-judgmentally, is really interesting. The conflict is interesting because it's about who I'm becoming. You know, it's mm. me as the hero of my own story, overcoming obstacles toward my more expanded self. And without the conflict, yeah. I wouldn't get to see the growth. Exactly. Yeah. Abraham was saying like resistance helps you to continue to create and ask for more. So, yes. So I, I believe that the knowing, knowing that, okay, this is happening because something more is going to be, you know, something more is coming. I know something better or, or a good scene is coming after yes. that resistance. I think yes. that could be helpful.
people when we're into contrast wondering why this is happening yeah or why am i into that movie right now yeah abraham so, said once um if you didn't have the question you wouldn't hear the answer when it arrived and that's true also of desires if you don't hold the desire you don't know that it's as much of a gift mm. as it is when yeah, it arrives Exactly. Yeah. So there's a part in that segment that Abraham says, you know, you're all uh, movie producers, you know, you can all create your own movie. And they also say you have access to endless uh, financing or, or funding. Yeah. So yes. How, do, how would you translate this like to people that are wondering like, Well, you know, I don't feel that I have access to endless <laughs> funding. How, how can you help um, people to understand what Abraham was saying right there? Well, I, I, I could give two examples, if I may. Yeah, please. Um, manif please. Manifesting money. And what I would say about both of these manifestations is that I had requested, uh, I made a request to the universe and then I didn't have any resistance. And that's almost, um, you know, that feels like sort of one of the most important parts is that you need to yeah. be in the, in the receiving mode, in the vibrational neighborhood of the thing that you want. It can't be something that's impossible. Mm. And clearing out resistance or that resistance is cleared for you seems to be an element. So Two quick examples. Yeah. One, I had always wanted a jacuzzi my entire life. My brother had a jacuzzi and he said, don't get one. You won't keep it clean. You'll never use it. And I was like, but, <laughs> but I think I will keep it clean. And I also <laughs> one day realized that I have an exercise machine, which is still not a clothes rack. It's still an exercise machine and I use it and I've been using it for 20 years. And I thought if there's anyone on the planet who's going to get a jacuzzi and use it, it'll be me. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to keep it clean and I'm going to use it. All I need is the money. And I said to the universe, completely resistance-free, I want the money to arrive from a film source outside my budget, but I have no idea it's coming. And to get a real jacuzzi here in Argentina, which is imported, it costs about $9,000. So I just launched it. And the next day in my bank account... The Directors Association of Argentina, Film Directors Association of Argentina, deposited in my account $8,902 because they had made a deal with, I think it was with DirecTV, and they gave money to all the directors of cinema in Argentina. Hmm. And I was like $98 short, you know? <laughs> But I couldn't believe it. Do you know, like... I mean, it was really, it was $9,000, basically. I asked for it, and the next day it was deposited in my account. It was a film source, and it was completely unexpected. Mm. Another time, I decided I wanted to take my best friend here and her daughter, who is my daughter's best friend, to an all-inclusive resort in the Caribbean because she had always wanted to go, and it wasn't on her priority list for how she would spend her money. And I said... I want, to, I want to receive enough money to take them because I'd already gotten the jacuzzi, so I knew I could do it. Yeah. And I just, you know, no resistance whatsoever. Just this will be fun. You know, this would be so fun. I want to receive the money, mm -hmm. universe. 
I'm ready. Mm-hmm. And I needed about $12,000 with the plane tickets and the, you know, all of it. That night I went to dinner with some girlfriends for margaritas and one of them looked across the table and she said, I could teach acting. And I was like, And by Monday, I had a job substituting for someone who was gone, teaching acting, which turned out to also fulfill tons of other desires, working with kids, and it was an amazing experience for exactly $12,000. Short period of time, exactly the (laughs) amount of money I'd asked for. Yeah, And, Yeah. And then one last little thing, at the very end of that stint, the peso had devalued in comparison to the dollars. And so it wasn't quite at $12,000. And I thought, oh, that's strange. And the next day I got a check for a bonus that was being given to all the teachers that brought it up to $12,000. And I thought about that in preparation to have this conversation with you. And I thought, okay, so Mm -hmm. that was so easy to manifest. And part of the reason is that there was no other end of the stick. You know, Uh, Mm -hmm. there was no angst about how it's hard to manifest that or I don't deserve it. There was no negativity around it at all. They were both fresh, fun ideas with no resistance. And I think, I think if I could bring that to other, to everything, yeah. like how can I practice worthiness, which you've been talking about and believe that I'm worthy of all the things that I want. Yeah. And then just ask for them. And if there's resistance, clear the resistance. Oh, I love it. That's the best explanation I had. So I love everything you're saying. Oh, we have Kevin Young that is also saying. Oh, hey, Kevin. I I love the part about asking, is this fun for me? This is still something... Sorry, I need to put my, my glasses are not there. He says that, I, that I'm working on. Yeah, he says this is still something that I'm working on. So it's a great reminder for me. Thank you, Kevin. Yes, thank you, Kevin, for being there. And, and yeah. Can I can I toss one more thing in about resistance? Of course. Of course. Um, in bronze conversation, which was last Monday, I think. Yes. Um, exactly. Something that he was saying about journaling made me think about a journal practice that I have, which I want to share, which is that if I feel resistance or, or negative emotion, very often what I'll do is I'll feel whatever that emotion or resistance is. And then I create a dialogue between that part of me and the wise part of me who knows all of Abraham's Mm. teachings. And Mm. I call that wise part of me, wise woman. And I abbreviate it WW in my journal. And I'll just go back and forth between the part of me that's in resistance or in a negative emotion and the part of me that knows so much more. Hmm. And there's a way that using, that tapping into all that wisdom in me, which is also part of source, allows me to look at the resistance without sinking into feeling super Hmm. negative because the part of me Hmm. that's wise and really positive and really loving is also present. So I highly recommend that. that. Yeah, what a good idea. I love that. I'll do that for sure. So we're going to go with the last segment that is uh, also about uh, you practicing the feeling of something that will be manifesting. And I love (laughs) that segment. So let's go for the last. 
the last fun segment of that conversation. As I exercised, I would sometimes listen to a song by Jason Mars called I'm Yours. And there's a line in it that says, just scooch on over here and I will nibble your ear. So I would feel this line in the song and I would sometimes go back on YouTube and play it again and, and feel, I could feel it, I could feel, just nibble my ear, right? And that's as far as I kind of got. So I got here, didn't really expect there to be any single men, went to a party and was doing this thing that I've been doing lately where I try to relate to everything as my boyfriend, everything. Everything, because I feel like whatever I'm looking for in that one focused place I can get from everywhere else, whether it's the blue light on the curtain or you or the wind on my face, all that tenderness and focus and mirroring. Everything that I want is flowing to me all the time. Good process. And so I was in that at this party and feeling the ocean and the wind and the people I was talking to, the men and the women, and this very hot man came and started talking to me. And I talked to him and talked, I actually talked about this whole sort of boyfriend, everything is my boyfriend experience. And then, you know, he was so hot and younger than me, and so I, I, we were at a party, and so I kind of moved away from him, you know, because I didn't think it was for me. And he followed me and stood beside me after I'd gone to the ocean to be with the ocean, my boyfriend, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so this really beautiful man showed up again beside me, and I was like, wow, what? And he said to me, we were interacting, and. It was puzzling to me because I wasn't looking for it, right? I wasn't there looking. I didn't think there were any single men here. So he turned to me and he said, I have kind of an earlobe obsession. <laughs> Will you take off your earring so I can just see your earlobe? And then I got it that he was actually flirting with me. And I, I said, okay. And I took off my earring and he and you doubt the ability of the universe to bring you precisely you see how she's doing what we were trying to solicit from you earlier how she had something so specifically focused and, I had felt and it. the universe was able to deliver to her the specifics of it and can you feel the empowerment that it gives her nothing that is outside my ability to have precisely as I want it to be ever again are you getting it really good really good really good yeah <laughs> so everything I want is flowing to me and the more you have that knowing the more you can feel it with joy and fun and no resistance and the yes. faster it comes to you I love yes. that. Mm, yeah. Me too. <laughs> did he nibble your ear? <laughs> he did indeed. But you know what's really interesting? That's all I was ready for. Like I shared a little bit earlier in the share. I wasn't ready for more than that. I was just ready for the nibbling. So there was some nibbling and a little bit of kissing. And then we... we <laughs> That's we enough. That's all I asked. Thank you. 
<laughs> I love that. And then other so desires developed. <laughs> other desires developed from the nibble, and then of course there oh, were yeah. other manifestations later in the week. But that's probably outside the Good context of this conversation. Good for you. <laughs> I love it. So Kevin is saying that he loves it too. Yeah, for sure. And uh, here's a Karen that says, says oh, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. You me to Thank read you. it? Ooh, nifty idea to yeah. journal back and forth between wise woman and resistance you are feeling. Love the earlobe obsession experience. Yes. Can you imagine? Yeah, out of what were we? 1,500 people. The one guy with the earlobe obsession finds me. You know, that is the law of attraction in action. <laughs> exactly exactly thank you so much beautiful mm. caroline for that fun conversation i just enjoyed it so much and i'm happy that we had the chance to to see each other and talk to each other again i love you, you and I'm, i'm very grateful for everything so yeah thank well, you i just want to say i want to say and appreciate so much that you've created this format because the four conversations that came before me were so uplifting and i think it's just going to keep taking us higher and higher and i'm so grateful that you got this inspiration that you received this and that you're manifesting it. So thank you for yeah. that Thank you. Mm -hmm. Much love to you. <laughs> to you too. See you soon. Bye-bye. So thank you everybody for tuning in. I'm so grateful and appreciating everything about that. So I'll see you on Thursday, noon Eastern time. I will be having a fun conversation with Doug. Maybe you know the baseball guy. So he's going to be next on the fun conversation. So until then, have fun. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed this fun conversation with this magnificent hot seater. If so, feel free to join us on YouTube, Facebook, or Instagram. Until next time, have fun.